Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now here's your host, Alf. And we're on, and this is another edition of OnlyFans Q&A Live, where members of OnlyFans, and you could get on there by going to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans. It's only $3 a month. There's over 2,000 members. We do video chats. We do this show on there. We do film study. We have a chat full of Dolphin fans, like-minded Dolphin fans. And have you seen the clown show that Dolphin Twitter is? Well, you could avoid all of that just by coming over to OnlyFans. This show is also brought to you by SKD Studios. Shop designer furniture, lightning, I mean lightning, lighting, Decorative accessories and more online at skdstudios.com forward slash shop. And of course, how can I forget? This show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Use the promo code 3 yards. That's the number 3 yards. You deposit $100, you get $100. It's a one time rollover. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash the number 3 yards. And soon there will be some more, I guess, announcements of some other sponsors that are going to be on board. Let's just say that. Uh, Let's go over, and I'm going to talk a a little bit about something that happened today and Tua's availability. And I'll play some sound since uh, the sound has been pulled, I guess, from, from YouTube. I don't know why. But I'll play some sound. Our very own uh, Ethan Skolnick was out there today. And he asked Tua a question about leadership. And he gave a very, very revealing answer. And I'll play that on the show. But first of all, let's go over, as we do every single week, on Wednesdays we go over the injury report. First of all, let's do the let's do the Dolphins. All right, Savan Ahmed, Rob Hunt, full practice. That's good to hear. Uh, Savan Ahmed is actually, you know, he actually played a little bit last week. Um so it was in garbage time, but he played. Um, I was figuring that his groin injury could keep him out a little while, but it's, you know, it did not. Uh, Connor Williams practiced limited with, with a groin. Uh, coach revealed that he was itching to play this 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 past week. I kind of wish that he would have actually gotten on there. Jalen Phillips was also spotted at practice uh, with his oblique injury. He was limited. That's good news. Nick Needham. Uh, we kind of reported this on OnlyFans last week, but you got to know this week. Uh, he's now practicing, and his 21-day window is now open. He's coming back from an Achilles injury. Same thing with Rob Jones. Uh, Rob Jones will give this team much-needed depth and help. He can also snap the ball, so he's a candidate to be a backup center as well. Deshaun Elliott was limited with his groin. Um, Deshaun Elliott is, it's extre- is extremely important for this defense, as you as you all saw. Uh, Lester Cotton is a guy who they trust as a backup and has played a little bit, played in some garbage time against uh, the Broncos. Uh, he has an ankle issue. He is limited. Braxton Berrios with a knee shows up on the uh, injury report, but he was limited. I think he should be <clears throat> okay. Uh, Justin Bethel and Raheem Mostert had uh, vet, day, vet days for rest. Did not participate. And Turn Armstead, we know what's going on with him. He has back, ankle, and knee in- issues. Um, the knee injury he sustained against the, the Buffalo Bills was his other knee. It was his right knee. Uh, he had injured his left knee in the joint practice against the Texans. So he was not a participant today. He should be out 
according to our head coach, weeks, but not days. So it's a good bet that he's at least out for the next two weeks. And maybe they make a decision as far as IR on Saturday. All right, now the Giants, that, this is a very interesting injury report because it's actually one of the more revealing ones that we've seen from an opponent. Uh, Wendell uh, Robinson has a knee issue. He was limited. That doesn't matter. Uh, Evan Neal, uh, hand and ankle issues. Uh, he was all over Twitter today uh, talking crap about people that, you know, <laughs> that talk about his performance. He says they start flipping hamburgers and hot dogs, go back to flipping. I don't know if you flip hot dogs, although you can. You kind of just, like, you know, ease them over on the grill. You don't flip them. Or on the flat top, you just kind of roll them. You don't flip them. But anyway, Evan Neal, he was limited. Uh, you kind of want him to play. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. He's bad. Uh, Aziz Ojulari with a hamstring in, uh, injury is limited. He's a good pass rusher. He'll be interesting to see uh, as the week goes on. Marcus McKeithen, no, no big deal. Gary Brightwell shouldn't play too much. Daniel Bellinger is a backup tight end. Not important. Here's the important one. Saquon Barkley was spotted at practice today. So he was limited. So there's a possibility he might play on Sunday. This is another important one. Andrew Thomas, last week, he was out with a hamstring injury. He did not participate today on a Wednesday. That one's important. John Michael Schmidt, shoulder, really nice player, young player, did not participate today. That's also really important. Shan Lemieux is a guy who I like coming out, and he has a groin issue. He also did not participate, so they still have the same dumpster fire offensive line that Miami should take advantage of all right uh Tua today was uh, you know he met with the media he meets with the media every single Wednesday and our very own Ethan Skolnick asked him a question about leadership and I'll play his answer for you right now Tua how would you describe your style of leadership and how has that developed from the time that you first started playing to now have you become more vocal over time? Yeah, I, I, I definitely have become more vocal. I think when I came into the league during COVID, uh, it was a little hard for me to, to find myself uh, leading the way I wanted to lead because of the hierarchy with, with how I was told I, I should have led. It just wasn't the way I felt comfortable with. And so... I didn't lead that in that sense. I continued to lead the way I felt was necessary in being the, the true character uh, to myself. And so, you know, being have, having Mike um, and the new coaching staff come in uh, has definitely helped allow me to be myself. And with that, with me being able to be myself, that that's just how it, it became to be um, more vocal feeling comfortable talking to guys certain ways and it's also how you approach guys in this league um, some people respond better when you yell at them some respond better if you just pull them to the side and have a man-to-man conversation um, and there's just different ways that you go about that um, and I would say that's sort of my leadership it seems like you're more about positive reinforcement than negative leaders lead different ways depending on wins losses etc but again, is it more about uplifting or are there sometimes times that you need to get in someone's face and say, look, we need something else. We need something better from you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely both. Um, you always want to try to try to uplift the guys. Um, you know, the guys in that locker room, everyone's hard on themselves already. Um, it's, 
dog eat dog world those guys know that everyone everyone has their job at stake every week and so you know everyone's everyone already has that negative thought um if i don't do this if i don't do that so for sure want to positively reinforce um you know things when i'm explaining or or having to talk to them and then there's there's just times where it's like okay we've we've you know talked about this multiple times like we, we can't be doing that so it was really revealing to essentially says that he changed his leadership style because the quote-unquote hierarchy was different before he's essentially saying that brian flores was an asshole is is what he's basically telling you all and that he was taught how to lead in a completely different manner than how mike mcdaniel has taught him how to lead and essentially mike mcdaniel has let him be himself and that's led for that's led to a much better player which is a good thing for the miami dolphins and it should be a bad thing anytime that brian flores ever interviews for another job anywhere else again all right i'll get to the questions now in the chat and i'll answer them as they come up if you want to ask a question you want to raise your hand you can and i'll bring you on and then you have to of course identify yourself as i bring you up all right, here's the first question. Question: Did we see enough of McKinley in training camp or preseason to see if he would be better than Jones? As a, Yeah, that's obvious. It's, it's a simple fact of life. Brandon Jones cannot play single high. He can't play quarters. He can't play deep safety. Period. It's box safety. McKinley should have been playing in that game on Sunday. <coughs> all right next question do you know anything more about Tehran's injury status nope uh we do know that there'll be a decision made probably on saturday they'll probably make a decision on saturday on to whether to ir him or just take it week to week uh my guess is that uh more likely than not he's out no matter what the next two weeks uh, he seems optimistic. I don't know what his actual injury is because they don't reveal any of that stuff. But, you know, I would say, hmm. I would bet I would bet on that he's back for the Philly game. I'll, I'll just go with that. I'll just go with that. He'll come back for the Philly game. I'm probably going to be wrong. They're probably going to IR him on Saturday. But it's a good sign that they haven't IR'd him yet. All right, um, another question. Uh, anything new on the Jalen Ramsey front? He's getting closer. And, man, I'm betting that it's going to be sooner than that December uh, timeline. Um, sooner than that. Maybe the Raiders? That makes a little sense to me. So look for somewhere on November 19th. You know, a lot of optimism on that front. Uh, here's another question. Do we have the right players at linebacker for this scheme? Or is that an area in the offseason that we might look to revamp? Well, tell you what, if they could find Lawrence Taylor in like the next two, three weeks, that would have been enough to play in this scheme this past week because what they actually tried to pull off with some of their linebackers this past week, I thought this year when they brought in Vic Fangio, judging by the type of system that he runs, that Jerome Baker would actually have a little bit less responsibility and not more. 
they were back to asking Jerome Baker to do way too much against the Buffalo Bills once again. So my guess is that they're probably not happy, and they'll seek to replace these guys in the offseason. Um, but for now, they're going to have to simplify some things. They're going to have to change up a lot of this scheme. That was a mess, and that was embarrassing, and it was a general incompetence on the coaching staff on Sunday. And you hate to say that about a guy who's probably a Hall of Famer. Like Vic Fangio will likely make the Hall of Fame eventually. His resume is as good as anybody's. That was that was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing effort by the whole defensive coaching staff. All right. Uh, it's see, uh, another question. It seems uh, McDaniel is not too worried about Liam. Do you think he is? Well, he's not going to go out there and say, you know, Liam Eikenberg is garbage. He's not going to do that. But uh, he kept alluding to Liam Eikenberg making his first ever start ever in his life at center. I would say that's a pretty hard ask. <laughs> okay? So that was probably a bad thing in the first place. How about that? So, no. Uh, I think McDaniel was just doing some coach speak right there. Uh, here's another question. Uh, are the defensive issues mental, physical, scheme, or comedy? All of them. And are those issues able to be corrected naturally with reps and experience? Yes. That's the good news. The good news is that most of their issues are coverage-wise, okay? Most of their physical issues are missed tackles and stupidity. And mixed, mixed, missed tackles and stupidity is easily fixed throughout a season. The great thing that I saw on Sunday was that it was mostly a lot of coverage issues that do get fixed over time. Like, that's one thing that actually does get better every single NFL season. Unless, of course, you fire all the defensive coaches midseason. Then you're you're just a, you know, you're just a dumpster fire for the rest of the year. But I do feel as if, like, this is something that will get fixed. Like, this is something that will get better with time and more experience in the system. More practice. So, that's the good news. The bad news is that you play like garbage against your arch rival and they hung 48 points on you. All right, uh, next question. Uh, do you see McDaniel sticking with Liam as the backup? No, I think that I think they have to have seen enough. And he says, as a backup, how Flores stuck with Jesse Davis. I think Flores stuck with Jesse Davis because he was trying to get Tua killed. Uh, but as far as sticking with Liam as a backup, man, I got to think that they have to they have to have seen that game. There was so much bad from Liam Eikenberg in that game. There was some good, but there's going to be some good. You know, it's impossible to be just all bad because then you just get pulled in the game. But I don't know how you can watch that game and then think, you know what? You know, let's, you know, let's give it another shot. No, I think that this is, you know, I think this was bad enough where you got to be a little bit proactive. And if you don't sign somebody, you give somebody else a try, you know. But who knows? Maybe they're arrogant enough that if Connor, you know, can't go against the Giants, they might give it a try because they think that you know what, this might be a get right, a good you know a get right game, and we'll just play this guy because our offense, after all, was not that bad against the Bills. Um, he cautioned against it. Coach McDaniel cautioned against thinking that this is a get right game. But I'm gonna go ahead and say, you know. They might even do it. They might give him a shot just because they kind of know the opponent. But in my opinion, they got to fix this. They got to go out and get somebody or they have to decide on somebody else. Good news is Robert Jones is entering the fold 
very, very soon. He has a, he has a little bit of experience there at center, and he's a guy that they actually looked at as far as a backup center, so he might be able to do it as well. Uh, here's another question. Even though he had a rough game against the Patriots, is Apple a better choice than Cater on the outside? Uh, you got to think yes. And it's not because he's a better player. It's because he'll know this system a little bit better, and he knows how to play some of these coverages a lot better. I didn't like how Cater was giving up leverage uh, pre-snap. And even when it's trying to induce it, sometimes when, when you show a quarterback like, hey, 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 look at me. I am doing this. The quarterback is going to look at you suspiciously and say, why are you telling me that you're doing this? Is it because you obviously want me to do the opposite? I don't believe you. And I'm going to play you honestly. And that's what Josh Allen did. Josh Allen was absolutely spectacular on Sunday. Uh, I didn't like the way Cater Kohu played. I don't think he understands how to show leverage. You got you to be slight with it, okay? You got to make it look like a bluff, okay? If you're playing inside leverage and you want to show outside leverage, you got to show pre-snap slightly outside leverage to make the quarterback really think about it. And then the quarterback might say, you know what? This guy's trying to hide outside leverage so well that it's obviously outside leverage. And then, bam, post-snap, it's inside leverage. And you actually might fool a quarterback here and then. All right, here's uh, another question. Uh, what's the latest with Nick Needham? Could he play this Sunday? We reported this la- last week in our vetted room that he was going to likely practice this week. And he is practicing this week. Uh, we just saw a little bit of video. And trust me, that video that you saw online of Nick Needham running, that's usually what you get to see in the regular season. You get to see just a few minutes. It's the open portion. It's when they're warming up. Uh, that's all you're going to see. You're not going to see them running any routes. You're not going to see them in coverage. You're not going to see them sprinting. You're not going to see much of that stuff. Okay? So all you can see is what you saw today in that video. So you saw what they saw and what we saw today, which is he's mobile and he's actually participating with his secondary unit. So the clock is ticking on his 21 days. Uh, He should be in the fold soon. Uh, But this is, I guess, right on schedule with what we told you was most likely. I told you four to six weeks. It is now week five. So he's right there smack dab in the middle. So we should see him in uniform soon, but I wouldn't expect too much from him uh, so far. At least at least not, not in the near future. Maybe toward the end of the year when he's completely healthy and has a few weeks of practice under his belt, maybe he can contribute. Uh, I would expect much more from Jalen Ramsey in November than I would from Nick Needham in October. Let's just leave it that way. All right, another question. What should our realistic expectations be for where the defense can get to by the end of the regular season? Uh, They should still be a top-half defense. Uh, Top-half defense, if you believe in any of the metrics I believe in, namely uh, passer rating and differential. We know Tua is at 114.2. Let's just say for the sake of argument, he gets down to 105, which is where he was last year. You got to get your defense down to somewhere around 90. They're giving up like 104 right now. So, can they get to 90? If they get to 90, that puts them right there among the best 10 teams in football. And if you're one of the best 10 teams in football, you're a cinch playoff team as far as passer rating differential. So, yes, I expect them to be top half. They've gotten off to an awful start. But top half should be not only the goal, that should be the bare minimum that they do for the rest of the year. 
here's another question. Um, how do you evaluate X's season and prospects for him being on the roster next year, given money balloons? Um, hmm. He's having a great year. One of his better games of his career was against New England. Uh, he just had a game where he was targeted twice. He caught one pass for eight yards. Uh, they caught one pass for eight yards on him. And he's giving up a passer rating of, what, like 74 right now? So he's having a great year, but it's skewed by this last game where they only threw two times to him because they were leaving everybody open on the other side. So, so far so good for X. He's having a good season. Um, as far as for next year, man, uh, I don't know. I don't see that far into my crystal ball. Um, he's going to be easy. He's not going to be easy to cut. I'll tell you that right now. You know, maybe they trade him and try to salvage a pick for him. But uh, so far, so good as far as him being a player this year. Like, he's been a good player. Uh, they got to make some changes on that scheme. Uh, that scheme is not serving almost anybody. Uh, he has a second part of his question, which is a uh, non-Dolphins question. He says, how about Pukunakua? Uh, due to baller, yes, he's a very good player. We talked about him in our draft series. If you go back on that, you can look in our feed, look for our draft series, look for when we talked about wide receivers. We featured Pukunakua in there. It's something we do. We're actually really, really good at this. Okay. All right. Another question. Uh, this guy asked, uh, Alf, which team has shocked you in a good or bad way the most this year? Look, I expected Detroit to be good, so I, I can't say that I'm shocked by them. I'm shocked by the Rams. I thought the Rams were going to be absolute garbage, and they're very, very competent, and they look like a team that's going to hang around all year. And if you hang around all year in the NFC and you're somewhere around that 8-9 win range, who knows? You're probably a game out of the playoffs at the end of the year, and that probably gets you in. A team that's disappointed me, man, uh, Washington has hung around in a couple of games, but uh, I expected Washington to be a little bit better. And I guess they always do this every single year, right? You know, they're always like, you know, middling, and then all of a sudden they make a big rush at the end of the year to get into the into the playoffs or actually threaten to get into the playoffs. So I'll hold my judgment on Washington. Uh, let me think. Um, I felt that the Packers would be better than what they are. That was disappointing. You're at home in a primetime game on a Thursday night game against Detroit. Like usually a Thursday night at home should is, is like a scheduled win. Like you should win those games. And they got absolutely, they got their ass kicked by the Lions. But I do expect the Lions to be good. Thinking about anybody else in the AFC, I expected the Raiders to be a little bit uh, kind of competent and hang around toward nine wins. They're absolute garbage. They're bad. Uh, let me see anybody else. Uh, Ravens are okay. You know, I expect them to be good, and they're good. Pa uh, I think the the Browns, the Browns, I expected to be really, really good, and I think that they're as advertised. Steelers got absolutely killed by Houston. Really no big surprises, really. Uh, like, my biggest surprise really is the Rams. I expect them to be awful, and they're actually not awful. They're pretty good, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other teams. Uh, the Cardinals. I expected the Cardinals to be the worst team in, in football. I expected them to have the number one pick. That's not happening. Like, they're competent. That, that 49er team is tough. And the Cardinals were hanging in there for, like, three quarters. Like, they were in a game. With the 49ers. So I guess that's the, the pleasant surprise, I guess. I expected the Cardinals to be like a 1-15 type. 
two and fourteen. No, they're gonna win a few games. Like, like if they win six, would it surprise you? It wouldn't surprise me. Like they could easily be six and eleven. Like I could absolutely, absolutely believe that. On the flip side, New England, like man, is thir- is three and fourteen in the cards? Maybe not, but five and twelve, six and eleven, absolutely is. Uh, all right, another question: uh, Which AFC team besides Bills can you envision getting Finn's headaches come playoff time due to matchups? It's a great question. Uh, matchups, well, depends. Are they going to fix this defense? Are going to start changing things out, uh, around in this scheme? If they do change things around in this theme, in this scheme, then it'll fix things against certain teams, like the Ravens, I guess. Uh, I don't think the Browns offer, you know, a lot of headaches. It's always the Bills. It's going to be the Bills. The The Bengals are bad, by the way. So that's one team out of the way. We know Kansas City is the cream of the crop besides the Bills. Man, I really, I really believe it's just the Bills. There's just one team that always seems to pose a challenge and a problem for the Dolphins, and it's the Bills. All right. Any other questions in the chat? You could ask. Uh, you could ask any other questions in the chat, and I will answer them. Another question. Gun to head. Pick your Super Bowl opponent: Eagles or 49ers versus the Dolphins. Hmm. Neither. The Dallas Cowboys. But if I had to pick between those two teams, 49ers. 49ers. I think the Eagles. Look, the Dolphins play the Eagles in two weeks. They they think they play the Eagles in two weeks, and you know we're gonna get to see them heads up. All right, so you're gonna get to measure them. The Eagles have simplified things so much this season because teams are adjusting to what they do best, which is those design runs, and they look mere mortal now. They're running two or three routes like that's easily diagnosed. Though so. When you have a, an offense that is easily diagnosed, teams can stick around against you. And when teams stick around against you, you just saw it this past week with the Commanders. If teams stick around against you, they could beat you. So I like the 49ers much better than the Eagles, and I kind of like the Cowboys. I like the And I understand that the Cowboys' offense looks like crap so far this season. But, man, that defense is really, really good, and they're going to fix that offense. That offense, once they get healthy, when you got CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup, you got three really good wide receivers. They're going to fix that. They're going to start playing a lot more 11 personnel. They're going to be a good team. Um, another question here, and we got two more questions, and then we can call it. Uh, another question here, how do you fix the pass rush? you got to start changing a lot of their landmarks as far as where they're rushing to. And you're going to have to start calling some more pressure fives. You're going to have to get a little bit slicker. You're going to have to get a little trickier with your stunts. And you're going to have to move your defensive tackles around. You're going to have to show different fronts. You're going to have to be different, okay? What you did against Buffalo is just not good enough, and it's not good enough against anybody. It's piss poor and kind of incompetent. I've I've said a lot about it uh, at this point. I, I was very disappointed with what they they cooked up in, in that game. All right, here's uh, the last question. Another question. 2,000 yards for Tyreek Hill. You know what? I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no, and it's not a bad thing, it's because I think they're going to try to get Waddle more online here as of late. So, you know, they're going to try to get Waddle going. And let's face it, we have a third skill position star on this team, Devon Achan. And he's going to need the ball going forward. And I'm still waiting for him to get it in the passing game. You kind of saw them throw a... Like that wheel route 
Like that, that, that's in the cards. That's in the cards. That's in the playbook. That's going to be in some game plans. You're going to see one of these weeks. You're going to see a wheel route, and it's going to be Tua throwing it deep down the sideline, and you're going to see Devon Achan down there trying to make a catch for a big play. So, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and these are good mouths. It's not like we're we're trying to find touches for Durham Smythe. You know what I mean? We're trying to find touches for Jalen Waddle and for Devon Achan. So Tyreek Hill's numbers should suffer. Is he still going to have a great year? Absolutely. Like he's still going to be somewhere around 1,600, 1,700 yards. But 2,000, man, that's going to be tough for him. As of right now, I think he's on pace for like, what, 1930? So, no, 2,000, I don't think it's going to happen for him. You know, if everybody's healthy. If Devon A. Chan is healthy and Jalen Waddle's healthy, those guys need the ball. So it's going to be really tough for him to get to 2,000. All right, we're going to call it right here. Dolphins play the, the Giants. On Sunday, it should be a get uh, a get right game, and I understand that the coach is saying, you know, if you start thinking that way, well, we're fans. We don't have to think that way. I mean, we, we're fans. We can think that way. The players are the ones that can't think that way. You know, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a get right game, and our pass rush should be better. But they got so much work to do. So much work to do. That was a piss-poor effort against the Bills on defense. Oddly enough, I understand, oh, my God, you know, the off. No, I was very, very happy with the offense against the Bills. They were fighting the scoreboard. If they don't fight the scoreboard, man, they put up the 30 points. And that's why I told a lot of people that were asking, man, if it were up to me, I would have stayed on schedule. As soon as the score went to 41 to 20, I would have said, you know what? Screw the game. I'm staying on schedule. I'm running my offense. I'm running the ball. I'm I'm sticking to the game plan. We're going to try to score points, even if we're going to run out of time. And I would have went out there and gotten my 30 points because it was clear that the defense just was not going to cooperate. All right, we're going to call it right here. We will talk to you again next Wednesday. Every Wednesday is OnlyFans Q&A Live. Thanks for listening to OnlyFans Q&A Live. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.